My name is Elliot. And my name is Lorena. And you're listening to Swipe Club Podcast. What do you think is one of the first major changes that you underwent after your, your you know, most recent relationship that was kind of instrumental to the way you are now? The major change is the self-awareness, the increased self-awareness, but also the femininity, the feminine side of myself. I was so masculine in my past relationship. Okay, so when you say self-awareness, what do you mean in all, like when you're saying someone is being self-aware in the moment, what are the particular mental patterns that are going through their head like what does that mean yeah okay so and a good example of this and especially from my my last relationship i would as soon as i was triggered or angry i would right away just spit fire (laughs) okay i and i had issues controlling my anger okay um i'd say hurtful things without thinking twice yeah you Um, would just like you would kind of let that very blunt fuel, fuel the language and you would really be expressing a sentiment, not necessarily logic, even though like there mm-hmm. might have been some bits and pieces of truth in there. They were usually like just covered in a really hot and, you know, OK, I can get that because I I, I say that from experience, too, because that's how I even can be sometimes, too, is very. Yeah. You and I are very similar in that. We sense. are. It's we really are. weird. It is odd. I think it stemmed from my childhood, right? Because I don't know why the traits that I had or still have, but have toned it down, are from my dad. Like, I think my dad played a huge influence in me. He's the one who really disciplined me, and um, I don't know, he challenged me, but also I was, like, so masculine that I challenged my dad, yo. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's why, as I grew older and I got with my ex... You realized what that was going to entail for your husband to... And he wasn't my husband, FYI, but... Well, future husband, I think, like... Potentially. Yeah, yeah, as a young person, you were thinking, like, wow... Or maybe you weren't aware, but, like, you weren't uh, realizing how that was going to affect your relationship with other men Mm -hmm. who are normally not used to taking orders from women, unfortunately. Yeah, shout out to him for sticking That's not so true for, I feel like, men who have good relationships with their moms because i you know well but but here's the thing also keep in mind that he was like a beta male i i saw my dad and my dad is an alpha Mm -hmm. and so i would often find myself comparing him to my dad the way um my dad would take charge my dad held it down my mom did too she was like a builder with my dad but my dad is the one who would point us in the direction right and so that's what i was longing for in my relationship Right. Um, and so when I saw that that wasn't there, I noticed, I realized that he was just not that way, like how I grew up seeing my dad. Mm-hmm. Given the circumstances that we were under, I was like, either we stay like this or someone has to like level up. Right. Uh, but I didn't want to be put, be in that situation, right. in that position. But my dad, he took me aside and was like... Um, you know, in a relationship, someone has to be the one that's um, stepping up. And he's like, in this one, it's going to have to be you. And so I was like, oh, fuck. I fucked up. Like, I already have a kid with this guy. I have, I don't know if I had two at that point. Well, these are such like really 
large. How old were you when this when this was going through your mind? I don't know. I was like my early 20s. Wow. These are such large, large thoughts to be having uh, in such a different, I don't know, in such a different kind of context because people in their early 20s who aren't having kids are like what, finishing college or like going through college, which is like, you know, important. But at the end of the day, like degree or no, de- no degree, like your life can more or less go on as normal. Like, and you can always return to something like that, right? Whereas like when you have children, when you do things that are more or less permanent, like in nature and in context, I, like it's kind of one of those things that split times for you. Like this is a moment where like my life really changed in a huge way. And to have these kind of thoughts about relationship at this age, you know, in this situation is probably a lot. Yeah. And so fast forward to when I decided to break it off, okay. he was all like, you'll be better without him. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, it's true. It's just going to be fucking hard. Yeah. But, I mean, I did do better without him. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so I was very masculine in that sense, um, but it was a a strange... So you feel like it was a metamorphosis, but not really, because you were talking about how you already had this kind of, like, challenging energy about you within the context of the relationship, and that it only kind of seemed to get harbored and cultured and kind of um what's the better word for it um nurtured within you given the choice that you had to leave and now actually take on roles that are typically deemed masculine as as in like holding down a stable job and providing for children and you know having these necessities met by only you and having that responsibility be only you uh yeah it may have taken what you already felt was masculine and yet like enhanced and just totally put it on like steroids in that (laughs) situation you know yeah and then yeah it was just tough so then how so so then how did you move seeing as we already have you talking in in a good flow how did you then move from getting these really masculine um kind of calls or, or tasks called asked of you in a way to like realizing it because now you're in a space where you're single and then what did you do to kind of remedy remedy that or do you feel like you have if at all and why did you feel like you should that's a really good question why did i feel like i should because that is a good question i have daughters i'm gonna be such a good interviewer one day (laughs) yes you are cousin i'm so happy for you i'm so excited anyway i was watching this youtube video and this YouTube video was talking about, I think, just like women being super masculine in the modern, these modern times, right? But something that was mentioned in that video was that single moms, particularly, if someone's offering us to say, like, do something simple for us, like, oh no, we'll, we'll be like, oh no, I got it. It's cool. Oh no, I got it. Like, if someone's offering an act of service, we will uh, quickly reject it because we're so used to doing everything on our own especially if we ever go into a relationship and we don't identify this issue with accepting acts of services, it's going to be a hindrance to a relationship that we may have in the future. So when I listened to that, I was like, oh my God, am I doing that? I kind of did like a self-assessment and I was like, well, yeah, because my dad, it all came back to my dad, right? I remember my dad, he'd like always offer this and that to me. And I'd always be like, no, it's okay. No, I got it. It's cool. No, dad, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. 
And then I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God, I'm rejecting all these services that my dad is offering me. Now, you know, since then I was like, if anyone ever offers me anything, even a, a, a girlfriend, I'll say yes. You know, my mentor, she put this in my head as well, but it wasn't in reference to being a single mom. It was just like in general, if an opportunity comes, always say yes. But this also applies to my single motherhood. If someone offers you an act of service, a kind act of service, just always say yes. And the goal is to always be okay with receiving. I don't want to be the one wearing the pants in the relationship. I don't want to have to go through that again. So that's why I had to learn how to receive because I was the one who was wearing the pants. Yeah, I really see this is kind of like this back and forth transformation that you did you know where i was like you grew kind of hard shelled and callous for a certain time for a certain purpose but and then exactly. you realized that for a while it wasn't going to work it wasn't going to work for too long you had to figure out a different way to balance it out yeah and then also when i started working at my job you know i work with a lot of businessmen and i saw how like that environment is with all these men like the very alpha i was like yeah this is the type of guy I want. And if I want this type of guy, I can't be acting like so overly masculine. That's hilarious. Okay. Cool. So I think I want to circle back really quick. Because that, my friends, is I think a perfect example of what we would call self-awareness. To be able to see that in yourself when you're in a situation. To, to see yourself objectively. Yeah, that may not have been a, a nice realization when she was watching that YouTube video and did her little quote-unquote self-assessment and realizing, oh shit, I might be doing some of these things. But hey, it challenged her. To, to look at that, to honestly look at that in herself and say, hey, how how has this come become something in my life? For what? Like, what was its purpose? And do I need it anymore, right? And so now you're talking about changing these things, which then concurrently led you into feeling ready to maybe apply these lessons. So this is actually a perfect example of what self-awareness gives you. It gives you a starting point. It gives you a reason. It gives you a method eventually. And then eventually, it gives you results, right? It gives you something to like look to and say, wow, like I've changed so much from this active self-awareness that I've done. Mm-hmm. I think for me, there was actually a lot of things, but I think one of the bigger things, anger was, I, I think, kind of just implicit in a lot of the things that would bother me. I think like being easily angered could make you a terrible communicator. Mm-hmm. It can make you um, a poor decision maker. It can make you mm-hmm. um, an emotionally unavailable person. So there's a lot of things that anger, I think, can exacerbate. So that was kind of obviously a really big thing that I had to address and would come out often in my relationship, especially when we would fight. Like I I would kind of, in, a, in ways that you were talking about, you know, spit the fire and then retroactively come back to the scene and be like, wow, I really left a lot charred here when I didn't need to. Um, so there's a lot of that that I, I noticed, obviously, from my relationship, but I think that uh, my biggest issue, actually, um, so you would say that yours yours stemmed a lot from your masculinity in your relationship. I think that mine uh, definitely was my inability to be transparent and vulnerable uh, with my significant other, and that just led to a whole kind of floodgate of issues that eventually and led into this huge overlog of just pent-up emotion or emotion that just was never properly expressed or emotion that I you normally thought in my head was like, there's no need to bother this person mentally with this because I feel like I could deal with this on my own. But what I wasn't really accounting for is that when you mentally deal, quote-unquote, with something on your own, 
you tend to change your behavior on the outside too because you're going through it, right? So you're always ruminating on these things going on in your head. And if you're not communicating that that's even what's going on, even if you don't have to get into the details, but just even say, hey, this is what's going on with me, then other people who are in your life will look at you, see that change of behavior. And because they're in your life, they'll start to assume that it's something that they did or didn't do to you that caused that change in behavior. And because you're not able to communicate what's going on and they have no way of confirming whether or not their assumptions are true, they're going to feel that way regardless. So it may totally be something outside of their control, but your lack of communication uh, and vulnerability and transparency to them is going to hurt them either way. And that's what I didn't realize was going on until after my relationship was over. But I had such an issue with saying, hey, you know what, babe, like I had a bad day at work. Like I just need time like it has nothing to do with you or hey you know what like actually this happened to me and i don't really know how to deal with it or hey i I actually don't even know how to talk about it yet like just give me a moment or whatever it might be you know but i realized that it was really difficult to share any anything that was difficult for me to deal with just because it was just hard like I, i didn't know how to um be vulnerable and kind of cope with my own emotions at the same time so it seemed as if like there was still room for or like you still needed some time to grow in order before you got into a relationship oh yeah and i mean this i think this is what we talked about last the last recording session was i knew this going into it and i was like (laughs) even trying to put the brakes on it but eventually i got complacent was like screw it we'll do it anyway i think for the most part women want we want our boyfriend or husband whatever to be transparent and vulnerable with us but i think it's very important as a woman to know when to like just listen yeah um there's so happen. much power in listening well yeah a smart woman an intelligent woman who wants to have relationships with men that are healthy and uh built off good boundaries will see that will read that will listen to that and not prod until it's the right moment and i would not even want to call it prod it's like at that point just kind of partnering with that person and saying hey what's going on here like you know and coming at it in such a way that like you almost want to tell him and that's actually what i appreciate about some of the women in my life currently including yourself that i'm like okay i really i feel like i can do that because i don't feel like i'm being led into this place or like yeah i don't know it's just i didn't i don't feel pressured into any of this it's yeah. just simple and so i can do it that way and so that's a really important thing to keep in mind. But something that I wasn't good at at all in my last relationship. So for me, outside of, you know, having anger problems that I still, you know, every once in a while know I have to address even to a further degree because I think that's an ever going work that you do. Um, one of the big things for me was vulnerability and transparent, just being emotionally vulnerable and transparent. Uh, so, yeah, that that's... That's a self-awareness that I underwent through and hopefully have learned yeah. a lot from, so. I love that. Aww. You know? Yes, yes to growth. Yeah. And also, I think, man, we're going to attract the best partners in our future, man. Like, yeah, I hope so. I mean, anyway, you know, we'll um, see what I happens. Just, just like listening to Elliot say that, it just makes me love men even more. Um, shout out to guys, man. Shout out to men because I love y'all. Okay, not all, but the healthy men. <laughs> um, the self-sufficient ones. The self-sufficient ones. <laughs> now, kind of backtracking to what we talked about earlier and kind of the, the title, I guess, of this 
um, episode having to deal with self-sufficiency, um, we thought it'd be very useful for you guys to have the definition that we're using, at least, and how we refer to self-sufficiency in the context of this podcast. But I'm going to let Elliot take it away. Yeah, I think self-sufficiency in the way that we talk about it here kind of has a few prongs to it. Uh, one of them may or may not be a deal, deal breaker, depending on how old you are. Or I don't know. It just, I don't know. People have their own preferences. But we talk about self-sufficiency. We talk about a person who is capable, capable of being well in their mind, in their emotions, and in their physical life on their own. So that means, you know, you're able to get a job and support yourself financially. You're also able to deal with conflict in an appropriate and healthy manner if it comes up or if something changes randomly, you know, and anything that pops up, you're able to emotionally collect yourself and ask for the right help if that need be. It basically refers to a person who has made it an effort in their own life to, to prove to themselves, really, that they're capable of being sufficient. Not that they don't need people, not that they don't know how to ask help, but they at least know how to recognize that in themselves when, in the, when they're in those states. So self-sufficiency means kind of those things for us. That's one thing, but also just like the emotional and, and mental and logical maturity that like, you know, I think one of the busy, biggest examples that it comes up with is when conflict arises or, or when something randomly happens in life that changes, like kind of flips it upside down. That's really when you are able to tell if someone is self-sufficient because mm. usually in those moments, people who are self-sufficient will either recognize, they'll always acknowledge what's going on. They'll always acknowledge like, oh man, this is not good. Like this is not a good situation. But they also won't just freak out. They, will, they might have an emotional response, like get angry or get sad, but they'll usually take a moment, collect themselves, and then think to themselves, okay, what, how do I solve this problem without getting emotionally attached? And then if they need help, they will look to someone and say, hey, I, I trust you. I need your help in this situation. Let's make these things right. That is so attractive in a man, by the way. And, you know, basically you acknowledge it, then you accept it. And then you come up with solutions. Let, let me draw a contrast to codependent people don't, aren't able to see those kind of avenues. If someone is codependent, if something happens unexpectedly, maybe as a result of none of like, it just happened. Codependent people will not be okay, will not be okay by themselves until that person or people are with them and they won't ever be okay on alone until that specific issue is addressed and they won't ever be prompted to address that issue unless that person is there with them so lauren how did you kind of realize for you because when we start when we talked about making this specific episode we both realized that this had to be the first one that we started off with it's kind of the, the starting block like we already said how did you come up come across that thought or how did you come to that conclusion in your life like what are the things that led you to to realize that this is the starting block when it comes to dating or any kind of relationship well this realization of the importance of self-sufficiency i didn't realize this until i was single and probably in my first year 
towards the end of my first year being single. Um, so it's not like after the breakup, I was like, oh, snap, I need to be self-sufficient. You know, it was like it took some time, right? Like it took you need that self-reflection period mm-hmm. and then reflection on the relationship right. that didn't work. And so that took a whole year, maybe two years, um, two years, because I was still building my foundation here. Right. I didn't have a good job. I wasn't stable. I, matter of fact, I was in and out of jobs. Yeah. So I was going through some really hard times. And so I think most likely my second year of being single, because um, at this stage in my life, I was like, I need to set up a foundation here because i need to master my mindset and so when i came to that realization that's when i started building from there mentally my mental strength so you're saying that there was like this um you know and it's interesting because uh i guess we'll just say right now that the the idea or the concept of self-sufficiency being the starting block um developed in both of us through a breakup that we had gone through um we weren't i think for both of us we weren't like you said realizing how important that self-sufficiency was mm-hmm. and it's so funny that now as adults we're, we're talking about it and it kind of i echo the words that my mom used to tell me when i was like a young teenager like oh you don't want to date anyone until you know yourself which is like the stupidest cliche you can hear as a teenager but it's, it's so profoundly true as an adult you you realize like wow there's so many moving pieces when it comes to your development from like teens to your early 20s. I mean, the fact that your mom even told you that, I didn't so get any it's of so, that. that yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so wise, but it, I took it as, like, such a cliche, and here I am now at 26 starting to realize, like, damn, she was Connecting the CI. dots. Right, connecting the dots. But, yeah, I, I think what you're saying is, because uh, this is how I experienced it, too. It was, like, I went through this uh, breakup, and then it was through, through a period of time, maybe about, like, a year, that I started to notice things kind of pop up in my life, whether it be through my reflection or through like another uh, friendship or relationship that made me realize, oh man, I, I wasn't sufficient to myself in that way. Like I let that person meet meet that need for me in my life, whether it was like um, a practical thing like making food or doing laundry or um, like an emotional constraint that I needed like to like soothe me or things like that where it's like, no, mm. a, a grown man should be able to do these things on his own. Mm-hmm. And the addition of a partner uh, is just, a, you know, an the icing on Yeah, it's an enhancement. It's a yeah. great addition, but it shouldn't be the crutch that you use exactly. to lean on. So in those those similar ways, I felt like I um, went through the same thing. So after my, my most recent relationship, um, it took me some time through trial and error to realize all the things I had left up to her in a way. And so... Amazing you know, these things started to pop out at me. And that's when I realized, like, hey, I have a choice to make in this, in this, in the wake of this last relationship that didn't go the way I, you know, anticipated, but also was aware that was unhealthy and, you know, needed to end. So I had two choices to make, right? Like, do I just kind of carry my wounds with me and like lick them and then wait for the next one to come? Or do I make a decision to like actually look at these wounds, see what the root causes of them were, and then work on that. Make sure that I don't stay the man that led to me being this, you know, in this relationship in this way. Why would I want to repeat these things? I have to address them and better do it now when no one is around me. No one has to suffer the consequences of the things I'm not good at yet. And and do this while I'm single so that when I'm ready, right? When I when I worked on these things, 
now I can like present myself as a better as a better version, right? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm still doing that, right? But these are the things I realized. I know, but that's that a huge that. step forward. Right. That's what matters. Just yeah, the baby you. steps in moving forward. Yeah. I also want to mention if this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, um, I am a mom of two, so keep that in mind. She is a mom too. So yeah, her her um her perspective definitely is influenced by that, I think, a lot, which is good. Yesterday, me. someone, I was talking to a date over the phone for a little bit, and he said, I sound like I'm 40. Because oh. <laughs> I'm so mature. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because he said, because I'm so mature for my age. I was like, man, a 50-year-old told me that, too. Like, you well, guys. You know, the thing is, I don't know. Like, that's great. Good for you. Let me just say, that's great, Lord. What makes me sad, though, is that, that's commendable like i don't why mm. that's sad that a 50 year old has to say that to a 20 something year old 27 and right? a 35 yeah like person. why i think that it's really this is this is all kind of encompasses that self-sufficiency mindset is like hey man people who aren't ready to date are people who always poke holes in the relationship of what the other person did but little do they know the things they notice most about their significant others or maybe about their friends or about their coworkers that they don't like are usually reflections of things that they don't like about themselves. Say it. So let's talk about some qualities that are, are unattractive in a person that you're dating or are talking to. Um, what are some red flags? And you could reflect on your past relationship and identify what it is that you didn't like and you don't want to go through it again. Ooh, okay. I, you really opened a Pandora's box of things. So let me start by saying this. Oh, so we talked about awareness. A lack of awareness combined with the inability to communicate Oof. are like the worst. Like, I will not even be your friend. You won't even be my colleague. Like That's we, like a child. I, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's some, uh, there's some adults oh who have God. both those things going for them. But like to be honest no like the only reason we will interact is because life has forced us to in one way or another like maybe basically you're my, in the workplace yeah yeah like if maybe you made it that far yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like or maybe you're like the person taking my order in and out or something like those are the only ways we're interacting because if i'm choosing the people in my life those are not the people i'm choosing so two big red flags right there like i understand that everyone everyone knows how to communicate and i even understand further that not everyone is keen to conf conflictive quote-unquote situations a, a lot of people really don't like conflict and so they tend to, to kind of shy away from it not that they wouldn't like the thing resolved it's just that they're they're so shy or timid in that manner that they feel like conflict is only going to lead to bad results and that's not true I Moving so on. reiterate that. So again, a combination of what and what? A lack of self-awareness in whatever context it might be applicable and the inability to communicate. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. that's great. For me, it would be someone who jumps from relation to re relationship to relationship without a time period of self-reflection. And usually I ask how long you've been single for. That's actually definitely a red flag for me too like i've always discounted people immediately uh when they say like i, I don't want to give a, a certain number but if it's i will i guess <laughs> if it's under like three months um i'm i'm gonna raise an eyebrow and probably just completely discount you of course a, three months but what about i feel like you need a whole ass year yeah, honestly, to be honest do, or two all right so i think another red flag that we can both 
both agree upon is the lack of money management. I mean, no one talks about money. No one does talk about money. But if you're, let's assume that at this point, your dating purpose is to get into a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend title. Right. Who may potentially either become a husband or wife or, I don't know, keep it at long-term dating. Uh, money management is very important. I think that's just more, yeah, I think, and that comes up, obviously, I think for, for like, more mature reasons, uh, you, that should be something that, like, is discussed. When you well, like, it's like, like, if you're going to get the boyfriend-girlfriend title, and let's say you guys are really feeling each other, and you guys move in with each other, and then you find out, oh, snap, her credit score or his credit score is horrible. <laughs> but this is getting really into the woods here. <laughs> this is getting, I think, in general. That's I think, still a red flag, though. Yeah, it is a red flag. Moving on to the next red flag, I think we can both agree on, is um, someone who has unestablished boundaries. That is very unattractive. Let me chime in and say, also... Someone who maybe has established boundaries and decides to break them. Oh, yes. Also unattractive. That is I actually... Have been, I have been, I, just to be transparent, I have been the perpetrator of myself. You know and, what? And realized, like, damn, I don't like that. The book that I'm listening to, which is called Instinct with the Opposite Sex by Alison Armstrong. And one of the guys I'm dating is reading it as well, which I think is so cute. But anyway... Um, she also talks about how basically we have these deal breakers and we always uh, bend them just to have that one person romanticize with that one person, I guess. Yeah. It's and very that's, true. And, and that's, that's also, oof, that's a sign of emotional immaturity, by the way. So, But, I mean, people do it. Like, yeah, we're not I mean, perfect. We're I've not perfect. It. Yeah, that's what, that's <laughs> That's, I'm only saying it because I mean, I've, I've done, done it. In fact, in fact, before the start of my last relationship, I was actually emotionally mature enough to know that I wasn't good. I would, I shouldn't be in a relationship. But like because of our <laughs> friendship and how much I really did hang, like hanging out, and I was like, I did think like, oh, it would be a really cute couple. You know, like we could be really great. But inside I of a guy's mind right now. Yeah, I knew that I was not, I was still a little shitter. Like I still wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wasn't going to be respectful all the time. Like I, whether or not I liked her wasn't the issue. It's whether or not you're capable of being respectful. Uh, and I knew I wasn't. I knew there was still a lot in me that I wanted to, I wanted to explore in, on my own. So I just kind of ignored all of that. And I was like, screw it. And Dang. actually, no, I, I did try. I remember having a conversation with her and, and knowing that we both had a crush on each other. And I tried to explain like, look, I really like you, but um, I really don't feel like I'm in a, in a good place to be in a relationship. And she, you know, she was like, okay, yeah, like I get it. But like a month later, we were like, screw it. Like, let's do it. Cause I just, I like you, whatever. And, <laughs> and so, you know, fast forward three and a half years later, and I'm like, we're at the end of our relationship and that memory comes to mind. And I'm like, damn, if I had listened to my wisdom. We I love that. We could have saved ourselves some, some time. I don't regret anything. Yeah, shit, of course. I'm I, glad you know you what don't. I'm saying? Like those, those are the kind of like moments. That's a learning lesson right, right yeah, there. You know like, what I mean? Man, I really went down this whole avenue knowing that I wasn't ready and hoping that I'd change somehow in the middle of it. And I didn't because I wasn't effing ready. And now you're older <laughs> and a little more wiser. With all of this said... You've done therapy using an app, right? Uh, so no, I I haven't done therapy via an app. I've done therapy in real life, um, but I also have an app called Headspace where I learned how to meditate, and I actually learned how to do that before um, going to a therapist. So that was kind of my first step, and then I was like, hey, maybe I might benefit. I actually through the meditation, I had self awareness enough to then realize like, oh, 
hmm, maybe I, I could benefit from, like, getting professional help with some of these, like, things that, like, when I meditate are really heavy and I don't really quite know how to kind of chunk those pieces up. So then that's when I realized, okay, therapy should should probably be the answer to that. And lo and behold, it was, so. I am dating a guy who is currently in therapy, and when he told me he was in therapy, I thought that was so attractive. But anyway, um, I would love to get therapy. Yeah, you would be surprised, um, even if you went just for, like, just to say, hey, I'm here, like, what can you tell me about me? Or, Hi, like, I'm here, what's up? You know, up? what's up? I what's think good? that they're, they're really good at what they do, and that they know, I think their point is not to tell you what to do i help yourself understand, understand yeah how to figure that out on your own yeah and so yeah anyway so we are cutting it right now thank you so much for listening thank you for your support i love you guys <laughs> go on them dates bye. get inspired bye what the hell is happening oh my god god forbid when we have a studio bro god help your assistance <laughs> I'm in love. Fuck that shit. By the way. I have to, right?